the Memorare. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to your protection, implored your help, or sought your intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly to you, O Virgin of Virgins, my mother. To you I come, before you I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in your mercy, hear and answer me. Amen. All across the Gulf South, it's 7 a.m. Time to wake up on Catholic Community Media. Good morning, you're listening to Wake Up. On this beautiful Monday morning, you are tuning your heart to the truth. I'm Gabby Smith, along with Damian Clotto and David Dawson. Happy Monday, guys. Happy Monday, indeed. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Unusual weather out there last night. Yeah. A lot of folks on the North Shore got storms. That just came out of the blue. It was so gorgeous all day long. And then suddenly I'm seeing where the North Shore is getting storm warnings. Yeah. That was so It was uh, unexpected, Unexpected. the least. And then so windy this morning. I had like four, four, well, I only have four hairs, but they're... They were blowing all around. Yeah. Yeah, I got oh, it. No. I, I had it rough. I'm glad you were able to tame them before you got on the air. Bad hair day, yeah. Well, today is the feast day of St. Agatha. She is the uh, patron saint for those with uh, breast cancer, fire, rape victims, nurses, and natural disasters. So um, we uh, need to be praying uh, for those folks, uh, nurses especially, because they sometimes don't get the recognition they deserve, and they take care of a lot of people. So mm-hmm. she's also the patron uh, of uh, Sicily. So, mm-hmm. Paisan, in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Oh, glorious St. Agatha, through, those, through whose intercession in Christ, I hope for the restored health of body and soul, hasten to lead us to the true good God alone. Heal us and comfort us and grant us protection from all cancer. St. Agatha, pray for us. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. We have a great lineup for you today, starting off at 7 after. Courtney Waggispack joins us to tell us about a wonderful event happening over at St. John Primary School in St. Teresa of Avila in Gonzales. They have an upcoming gala to benefit their school. She's going to be giving us all of those wonderful details. In 18 minutes, Lonnie Thibodeau joins us. He is the Director of Media and Public Relations of the Diocese of Homa Thibodeau. And of course, we'll be getting an update from Lonnie today. We have a lot of things to talk about. Uh, Also, a recap on Bishop Mario Dorsonville's funeral. That was just a few days ago. And Dave, you were there. Yes. So I would love to kind of get an update of how the diocese is continuing to move forward Mm -hmm. um, during this really uh, difficult time. So looking forward to that conversation with Lonnie. In 35 minutes, Alan Migliorato joins us. He's a co-author of Failing Forward, Leadership Lessons for Catholic Teens Today. And we always discuss raising Catholic teens in today's world. It's always a great conversation with Alan. And in 48 minutes, Dr. Helen Hoffner will be telling us about a new book she has called 
Catholicism everywhere, from Hail Mary passes to cappuccinos, how the Catholic faith is infused in culture. Ah, so yeah. she's going to be pointing all those things out <laughs> to us great. today. I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I am as well. Damien, I'm also looking forward to your weather report. What do you have for us today? Okay. Well, we've got a few surprising pop-up showers, as Dave referenced, early overnight. Uh, but most of that is clearing out, especially in the Baton Rouge, New Orleans area. Some learning, lingering showers over the uh, Mississippi and Alabama Gulf Coast, but those two will be out of the way by mid-morning, and that's good news. But the wind, whoo, it's chilly, to say the least. Uh, high today is only going to be near 60 degrees, and winds are out of the north right now at 15 to 20 miles an hour. Wind chills about 4 or 5 degrees lower than what the temperature is in the area. Uh, tomorrow it's going to be much better. We'll see a spring-like day for early February. High should be 68, plenty of sunshine, and winds are going to die down as well to about 5 to 10 miles an hour. Temperatures in and around the area right now. Covington, it's 47, 48 in New Orleans, 50 in Baton Rouge, 45 in Thibodeau, and uh, Gulfport reporting 46 degrees. It's 5 after the hour here on Wake Up. Good Monday morning, I'm Father Chris Decker, and the Gospel today is taken from Mark chapter 6. After making the crossing to the other side of the sea, Jesus and his disciples came to land at Gennesaret and tied up there. As they were leaving the boat, people immediately recognized him. They scurried about the surrounding country and began to bring in the sick on mats to wherever they heard he was. Whatever villages or towns or countryside he entered, they laid the sick in the marketplaces and begged him that they might touch only the tassel on his cloak, and as many as touched it were healed. Thank you, Father Chris Decker, for that gospel, and also thank you all for watching Catholic Life TV and also on WLAE uh, here on Wake Up and for listening in and around the New Orleans area as well as Baton Rouge. So glad you could join us this morning. With us is Courtney Wagaspak. Uh, she is uh, with St. John Primary School as well as St. Teresa of Avila Middle School in Gonzales here to talk about their big gala coming up on February 24th. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? Fine. So share with us about the gala. Everybody likes a big party, mm -hmm. and I'm sure this it's is one that's also is one that's going <laughs> to uh, entail a fundraiser, too. Yes, it is. So we used to do our auction years ago as a part of our fair, and then about five or six years ago, we made it more of a fun adult night, a night to network and be with other families and parents, and it's, it's really a lot of fun. It's a live auction, silent auction. There's games, there's raffles, and there's even live music. So it's just a great chance for the parents to get out and mingle for a good cause for our school. So, Courtney, uh, tell us a little bit about uh, the, the funds. Where are they going to go? Are they going to the school? Are they going to help the PE program? The reason I ask is, you know, a lot of uh, Catholic schools now are having their galas separate, their auctions separate from the fair, and because they, they have a lot more fun in the process. <laughs> Yes, and our funds go to various projects. There's always things that need, you know, updates, and we try to keep our school as top of the line as we can for our kids. So whether it goes toward, 
you know, we're fundraising for a new gym, and then we're always trying to do things in the classroom just to make sure the kids have the best resources possible as they learn. So it, it gets spread between both schools, St. John and St. Teresa, and both campuses for various projects. Very good. Uh, can you share with us some of the key auction items you're going to have? So we have live auction items. Um, we have fishing trips, hunting trips. Mm. Um, one item on the live auction is where a sushi chef will come to your home and do a fabulous sushi dinner for oh, about wow. 10 people. That one's always a big hit. Mm. And then we've just got lots of fun packages um, for those that just want to come and have fun and grab a little something. We have this fun wheel that we spin and you pay $20 and you're guaranteed to win a bottle of wine or oh, some oh. other fun wine. You've got the whole wine wheel going the wine there. wheel. I like that. Yes. <laughs> oh, that's fun. Yes. And uh, share with everyone exactly uh, the time, place. Uh, so if they want to go, I'm sure tickets are still available. Do you have to sign up in advance? How, how's all that work? Yes, yeah, so tickets are available. Um, it's going to be February 24th at the St. John Activity Center. Um, we kick off around 7 o'clock. Um, ticket information is always on our social media sites, so if you just follow St. John Primary, St. Teresa Middle, both on Instagram and Facebook, there will be links there. And if you can't make the event but you just want to participate in a raffle or watch the silent auction, all of that will be online as well. So if you click the link, you can sign up to be a part of the event via via Facebook. That was my next question. Are Is the auction items, can you go online and, and bid online if you can't attend the event? Yes, the week of it will go live. So if you just sign up on our link um, on social media, probably maybe the Tuesday of the event week, we will go live with silent auctions. There's also raffle items. So you can definitely participate if you cannot be there still. Okay. And do you, uh, I'm looking uh, at, at some of the information sjpsta.home is that for tickets or also for the auction that is i believe for both um okay i know the link is paste, is posted on both facebook and instagram um, we use a, a mobile bidding site that helps us out with raffles and the live auction and silent auction as well mm. that should be posted there very good courtney is this the first time y'all are doing the uh, gala no we've been doing this for about five years now. Oh, okay. Five years, I think. Very okay. good. Okay, so let's everybody know one more time where to go and the day and the time and the place. Yes, so this is going to be February 24th at the St. John Activity Center um, in Prairieville, 7 o'clock. And um, if you just check our social media sites, there will be links for mobile bidding, for tickets, and all that good stuff, raffle items, you name it, it will be up there. And our Facebook page has all that information. Courtney, thank you so much for being with us this morning. Thank you for having me. All righty. Courtney Waggis-Pack with uh, St. John Primary and St. Teresa Middle School having their big gala and auction February 24th. So you can go to ccmedia.live to get more details as well. And speaking of details, there's a number of events we still uh, have posted on our website. Right, Dave? Yes, indeed. You're invited to the CYO Spring Retreat the weekend of March 22nd through the 24th at Bogue Chitta. And it's open to all 8th through 12th grade students. So come join young boys and girls for a weekend of rest, prayer, fun, competition, and community. They're going to meet at St. Catherine of Siena that Friday at 530, and they're going to return Sunday at 1030. So if you're a youth, you don't want to miss it. So uh, once again, <laughs> ccmedia.live.
Also, uh, Theology on Tap is taking place. That's coming back at St. Anselm uh, Young Adult Ministry. It's returning for the winter series beginning in March. Now, you say, well, that's a ways away. It's actually three weeks away, folks. They're going to meet at yeah. Fat Boys Pizza in Covington, and they're going to share faith, food, and, of course, fellowship. And it's going to begin March 6th. For more details, go to our website at ccmedia.live. Nice. You guys, we are also exactly today, one month away from our spring pledge drive on air ah. fundraiser. So save those dates. Tuesday, March 5th through Thursday, March 7th. This is where we come to you for three days, um, asking for your help to continue to keep us on the air. Of course, you know our spring and fall pledge drives and summer pledge drives we have throughout the year. We have three of them, and we rely on these pledge drives to continue to operate so you can listen to us and watch us. Uh, in the mornings, so yeah. March 5th through the 7th, save and, those dates. And we have a good time. We have the guests who come in the studio and such, a lot of priests that you know and love, and uh, mm-hmm. a, a lot of other folks will come in. And so we, we, all, we sort of celebrate uh, Catholic media at the same time we're asking for your help. Very good. Yeah. Well, Lonnie Thibodeau, he is the uh, Director of Media and Public Relations for the Home of Thibodeau Diocese. He'll be our next guest here on Wake Up, followed by Alan Migliorato. So don't go too far. This is Franciscan Media's Saint of the Day for February 5th. Today we celebrate Saint Agatha. How many times have we heard the name of today's saint as the celebrant at Mass recites the Eucharistic prayer? Ironically, we know the name well, but very little about Agatha herself. Almost nothing is historically certain about her, except that she was martyred in Sicily in the mid-3rd century during a period of persecution. According to at least one biography, Agatha was born into a wealthy family in Catania, Italy, and took a vow of virginity. Later, she was arrested for being a Christian, tortured, and sent to a house of prostitution to be mistreated. The story has it that she was protected from being violated, but was subsequently put to death. She is said to have prayed the following prayer just before her death. Lord, my Creator, You have protected me since I was in the cradle. You have taken me from the love of the world and given me patience to suffer. Now, receive my spirit. One year after her death, Agatha is said to have stilled an eruption of Mount Edna. For that reason, she is the patron saint of firefighters. Nurses also claim her as their patron. There's more about the saints along with inspiration and Catholic resources at our website, saintoftheday.org. From Franciscan Media, this has been Saint of the Day. 18 past the hour, you're tuning your heart to the truth. I'm David Dawson along with... Gabby Smith and Damian Collado. And right now we have Lonnie Thibodeau. He is the Director of Media and Public Relations in the, in the Diocese of Homa Thibodeau. Good morning. Good morning, Lonnie. Good morning, all my friends. It's, it's uh, good to have you back joining us again. Lonnie, uh, I had the opportunity to go to the funeral. I had the opportunity to see you as well. It was beautiful. We're talking about uh, the funeral of Bishop Dorsonville that was that had taken place last week. Let's let's talk about that. 
Yeah, you know, it, it, you know, it's one of those surreal things. You know, when I was on with you guys just two weeks ago, uh, you know, we were still dealing with the shock of, yeah. of him having just died. And I remember, you know, telling you guys, I mean, you know, he died on a Friday night, and on Tuesday morning he was in my office. And we were having a more or less mm-hmm. normal conversation. And so many of us in our pastoral center, you know, in our diocese have similar stories. I mean, yeah. we were just so shocked by, by losing him. And then you immediately have to do two very important things. One is your college or consultors have to select a new diocesan administrator, and they did the, the, the perfect choice, Father Simon Peter Engelwright, mm-hmm. who, who has been our vicar general since 2017. And then secondly, now you have to play in the funeral. And let us not forget, a year ago, when you find out that you're getting this new bishop, and it's Mario Dorsonville who's coming from Washington, you've got almost two months to plan for his installation. Right. Now we have to kind of do this similar thing again liturgically, but now you have a week and a half yeah. to pull it off. Goodness. So everything, David, you know, that you just, you know, everything that, that you know, we witnessed was, you know, pulled off in, in a week and a half. And, and, and That's just, amazing. It, it was a stunningly beautiful, to say it, the it least. It was incredibly beautiful. And then I, I'm towards the back of the church watching the procession come in, and suddenly I see, mm-hmm. you know, I see Cardinal Whirl. I, 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 see, I see all these bishops and such. Cardinal Whirl gave a beautiful homily, and I believe he yeah. pointed this out. Correct me if I'm wrong, but did mm-hmm. he not say that uh, Bishop Dorsonville was appointed a year ago to that very day of his funeral, that he was appointed to the diocese? Is that right? Right. Very, very close. What happened, actually, Dave, was the date of the funeral was the one-year anniversary of the press conference. Remember the day that you and I met? Yes. It was actually a year ago to that day. Oh. Um, So he was close. Okay. And and, and so that's actually what happened. As they were planning the funeral, they knew it was going to probably be a week and a half to two weeks down down the road, and when they start looking at the calendar, they realize, oh, wow. Yeah. You know, you do realize, you know. And and again, that also leads to something else that a lot of people noticed and questioned. You know, again, we're one of those joint or co-dioceses. Right. It's Homer Thibodeau. And people ask, well, you know, why was the funeral... And why was he buried at the co-cathedral, not the, the, the if you would, would the, the main or the lead cathedral, uh-huh. which is St. Francis at Homa. And the way Bishop looked at it was it was kind of an Alpha Omega kind of thing, where it all began in Homa, mm-hmm. last, you know, with the installation a little less than a year ago, and he kind of wanted it to end. And again, he made his wishes known. He did have a will. Yeah. He had made his wishes known uh, of what he, he wanted for his funeral. So that's kind of why it was at St. Joseph Co-Cathedral. But one other very important reason is St. Joseph, he has had an incredibly close relationship to St. Joseph his entire life. Mm. And, and he really talked about it. it as kind of his patron saint, and he you know, so it really meant something very special to him, you know, for, for everything that occurred last week to occur at St. Joseph Co. Cathedral in Thibodeau. My goodness. And, and, and like you're saying, to put together a funeral of that magnitude, it was, it was so beautiful with, with, with the music and such. And then watching, uh, we, we, had, we had two cardinals. We had uh, Cardinal Whirl yeah. and then, uh, and then uh, Carl, Cardinal Gregory uh, from Washington right. as well. And then here came the bishops from everywhere. And, and that, that, that part just amazed me, too. And, of course, all the priests from the surrounding diocese and everything, which just made it all the more beautiful. And, again, there was standing room only in that, in that and that cathedral is a good-sized cathedral. 
you know. Yeah, but, it can uh, hold almost 700. Yeah, yeah, that's how many you had. It was it was just, uh, I'm, I'm still taken aback by the beauty of, of that funeral, and you're absolutely right. It's, I'm amazed that you guys could put something together uh, that beautiful, uh, that quickly. I think it was, it was a wonderful, wonderful send-off. Also, I noticed as we were leaving the cathedral where he's going to be buried. He's going to be buried right yeah. there adjacent, I mean, uh, up against the building, the cathedral building itself, yeah. right? Right, Dave. I yeah. mean, it, it, again, that was his wishes. He uh-huh. had made it known that, you know, again, a typical diocese situation, our very first uh, uh, bishop, the only other of our bishops that's passed on, Bishop Warren Boudreaux, is buried inside St. Francis Cathedral in okay. Homa. Right. And we have, a lo- I think we, we have for, you know, spots, if you will, for six or eight I think, uh, bishops up there. Certainly Bishop Dorsonville could have been buried there. He chose to be buried at St. Joseph Co. Cathedral, which starts an interesting precedent or trend, if you will, in that we've never had, that's a venerable old church. It yes. predates all of our churches in the diocese. We've never had any longtime pastors, anything like that, buried there at the church. Now, there is St. Joseph Cemetery, which is several blocks away in downtown Thibodeau. But at the church or at the co-cathedral itself, either inside or on the grounds, you're right, he becomes the first one. So there is a spot, if you notice that he's there, he's buried right on the right side of the cathedral, right up against the wall, essentially. But there is, the way they designed it, very quickly, obviously, um, was I think there are spots for maybe three or four others it that could like be it. buried. Yeah, yeah so it's yeah. really interesting. And one other quick thing, too, David, I want to make sure to mention this, because you, you actually pointed it out about five minutes ago. The music at both the funeral uh-huh. and the memorial mass the night before, gotta, gotta, gotta give credit. It's the pontifical, the diocesan pontifical choir of our diocese. Okay. In combination with, we had the Schola Cantorum of Notre Dame Seminary. So we had some of the choir members from Notre Dame Seminary come down. So okay. Grand total, that's about 50 people. Yeah. Then at the funeral, we had 10 instruments mm-hmm. from the Louisiana Philharmonic Orchestra. So that music you heard, and by the way, me being an old news guy, here, here's the connection. The Louisiana Philharmonic Orchestra, who last night at the Grammy Awards won their first ever Grammy Award. Oh. The Louisiana Philharmonic. What are the odds of that that we're really? having this conversation? <laughs> they won their first Grammy Award last night. So anyway, that's another story for another day. Oh, but, wow. But it was so beautiful. But the thing I wanted, the one major, major point I want anybody who's listening or watching this right now to, to know you're hearing us talk about the beauty of this funeral and everything, and be like, wow, I wish I could have been there. Or oh, wait, you can still experience it. Yes. If you go to either the Diocese of Homa Thibodeau's Facebook page or our YouTube channel, our YouTube page, or HTV in Homa is who I was the longtime news director there many, 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 many years ago. But HTV in Homa is who produced it for us. Mm-hmm. So you can also go to HTV's. Facebook, or um, uh, YouTube page. You can watch the entire two and a half hours of the funeral and hear this beautiful music and everything that, that we've been talking about. You can always tell when something is put together well. When you said it was two and a half hours, it did not seem like two and a half hours at all. It was just, it no. seemed to have gone by uh, so quickly. It was just, it was just mm-hmm. so beautiful. It, it was breathtaking. So yeah, I, I highly recommend going back and looking at that, uh, at that funeral. It, it was just gorgeous. 
So, Lonnie, yes. where do we go from here? What, what's uh, yeah? <laughs> what's going on you know, now? You know, <laughs> that's a great question, David. And of course, my thought is, wow, it's seven twenty-seven on a Monday morning, and when we get when I get to the office in thirty minutes or so, I'm, I think so many of us in that in the fifty people who work in that building, yeah, yeah there's going to be that collective sigh and like, wow, he's yeah. not here. The funeral's done, and now what is normalcy? Now, there's not, you know. Obviously, Lent's about to start, and yeah. we get that. But, but what, quote unquote, what is normalcy? I mean, so again, we're in a great, great position because we have the wonderful Father Simon Peter, who who is our diocese administrator, and he is such a profoundly holy man, and mm-hmm. has been awesome these last two weeks of mm-hmm. leading us, and will continue to lead us. The big question everybody's wondering right now: Well, how long is he going to have to lead you? Yes. Well, none of us know. Right. Even the Holy Father doesn't know as we're having this conversation. We do not know how it took a year, a whole it took year, a year the last yeah. time, a whole year, almost to the week, and so we don't know. We, but we are in great shape as a diocese, financially, spiritually, in every way possible. We're in great shape. We appreciate everybody's prayers and, and, and the empathy, the sympathy, the everything that we're getting. We're accepting it, and we're so profoundly grateful that you're sending it our way. But we're okay. And okay. we're going to be okay, but it's going to be different. Sure. It will be different for a while. Well, I, I can tell you, I know uh, everyone is praying for the Diocese mm-hmm. of Homa Thibodeau. In fact, I, I'm, like I explained last time you and I visited, uh, mm-hmm. uh, they, it was announced on EWTN, and even they were stunned, mm-hmm. saying, they were taken aback, saying, boy, yeah. Homa Thibodeau does need prayer. So uh, you, you are definitely right. in your prayers, and just... Uh, hopefully, so so as far as it's pretty much going to stay the course as far as your goals and plans and such for now, sure. right? Absolutely. You know, our diocesan annual bishops' appeal is about to start. Okay, we're doing Catholic Schools Week, by the way, this week. The rest of the country did Catholic mm-hmm. Schools Week last week. We decided to push it back one week because of everything with the, oh, you know, wow. the bishop's funeral. Yeah. So look, oh, absolutely, David. Man. Everything continues as normal in our diocese, and we're in great, great shape. Our bishop has left us in great shape, and Father Simon Peter will mm-hmm. continue that trend going forward till the Holy Father gives us a new, a new bishop. Fantastic. Well, Lonnie, looking forward to talking to you again. We'll just talk as things sure. progress, and and I know you'll have more, much more to tell us. So, Lonnie Thibodeau, director of Media and Public Relations with the Diocese of Thibodeau. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. All right. All right. We come back. Damien's going to be talking to Alan Migliorato about raising teens. It's half past the hour on Wake Up. After the hour on this Monday morning, and welcome back to Wake Up with us now, author and founder of Adventure Catholic, Alan Migliorato, a regular with us on Monday mornings, here today to talk about helping your teens and family grow closer to Christ during the Lenten season. Good morning, Alan. Hey, good morning, guys. It just seems like it was just Christmas, and now we're talking about Lent. What the it's heck? It's amazing how quick <laughs> that goes. Like, what happened to January? Yeah. <laughs> well, it's long gone for now. Man. So, uh, you know, yeah. the Lent, is, is, the Church pretty much gives us a slogan of sorts, prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. Uh, can we right. incorporate that when it comes to our teens? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. So one of the one of the things that I, that I always suggest to parents, right, is is how can we get? Well, we talk about how can we get 
the Word of God into the hands and minds and hearts of our teens, right on my mind, on my lips, and in my heart? How can we get that into our teens' lives? And we, we sometimes look for these, grand, these grandiose movements, you know, these huge things that we can do. Like, and going to adoration is beautiful, right? But what can we do that's like a, a little, little added bonus? Like, I'll tell you something that I suggest all the time to parents is, you know those calendars, they're like a daily a scripture calendar, a daily mm-hmm. reading calendar, mm-hmm. where it's just got the reading of the day. And it can be a desktop calendar. There are like 4 or $5, you know, online. And you can, you can order these things, and kids can have them on their desk, on their wall, right in their room, or they can even carry them with them. But it's something outside of the phone, right? And so I know they can have these apps on their phone where it kind of sends them daily scripture. But mm. sometimes you get notifications, you just swipe them away because you don't want to look at them. But if it's something that they, they see, it's tangible, they can read it, they tear it off the next day. It almost becomes like something really, really kind of fun for them to do. It, it can just be a, a daily scripture. It can just be a verse. It can be, be still and know that I am God. Maybe that's one of them. And maybe they reflect on that during the whole day. So reading daily scripture, however we can get it into our, our children's lives, maybe you can do, I mean, listen, if you're already doing that, you're looking for something deeper, do the liturgy of the hours, do, do, the, mm. you know, do the office of readings with your kids, or suggest that to them, or maybe it's doing the rosary at night as a family. Whatever it is, make it a daily commitment, not obligation, commitment that you're going to, to keep throughout Lent with your kids. And, and really, maybe it's a family calendar that you guys get that you put on next to the door right before you got out, go out the house so everybody sees it. That's, that's one thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, giving up f- fasting. Every, in, this is like, you know, the Catholic diet season, right? right. So right. We look forward to <laughs> This is the best way to start off my, my fasting so I can drop those 10 or 20 pounds, or in my case, those 75 pounds. So it's one of those ways <laughs> where, you know, we give, up, we give up chocolate, we give up soda, and that's fine. And don't be judged by somebody going, oh, you're just giving up soda again. Listen, if you're giving up soda, every time you crave a soda, say a Hail Mary. Mm-hmm. Say, you know, say in our Father. Every time. So that we're connecting it. Because if it's not making you a better Catholic, if it's not making you closer to Christ, then why are you giving it up? It's not just a check off the box. And so fasting for the purpose of keeping tradition, there's a little bit of merit in that because mm-hmm. that, that kind of breeds habit with us, but then God becomes a habit instead of a love, and we need to make Christ love. So what can we do? Every time that we give up something, right, say a prayer. That's, mm-hmm. that's one way that we, that, we, that we can remember God with everything that we do. I'm, I'm, personally, I'm gonna, I'll tell you what I'm doing. I'm trying to give up red meat for Lent, oh. and I really crave steak a lot, so... Uh, any kind of warm-blooded animal, I'm trying not to not to have any meat during all of Lent. I don't, I'm, I'm going to do it. I don't know how I'm going to do it. I'm eating a lot of hard-boiled eggs and salad. Uh, but that's something that I'm going to do because I know that I crave that. Does that mean that steak takes me away from God? No. But it means it's something that maybe if once I give up that I can say a prayer every time I crave it, that's going to bring me closer to God. Mm-hmm. That's great. Mm-hmm. Now, when it comes to teens, and, and I love those ideas, by the way, continuing on with fasting, it doesn't necessarily have to be a food item or a drink. You can fast from a number of things. One, uh, social media. Good luck with that. But that would be a good fast for a teen or media in general, except for Catholic Community Radio, of course, uh, or, or even complaining Possibly dating. How about giving up dating during Lent? You thought about that one, Big Al? Hmm. 
No, I wish I had thought about that earlier for my three daughters, though. That would have been a wonderful, a wonderful yes. suggestion when they were younger. They give up boys for Lent. And then after Lent, all the way till next Lent, we can give up boys. That would be a wonderful... Where have you been, Damien? I needed these suggestions when they were younger. Hey, I had two daughters, too. I had two daughters as well. So um, you God live and learn, you. as they say. So, so, yeah, giving up social media is great. Here's something that I noticed that a lot of teens do is they'll kind of binge watch shows. So maybe if you give up a show, so like if they're watching, you know, watching on YouTube or watching on Netflix or whatever, whatever media they're watching on, to give up the show that they're watching until Lent is over. Mm. Now, it's still going to be there, right? But that's not the reason that we should give it up is because we know it's still going to be available. So when we give something up, it needs to be given up and not worried about so maybe we give up worrying, you know, or maybe we try to give up, which is easy to say, stress. There's all kinds of things and reasons that we give things up. But if it's really not going to bring us closer to God, there's really not a reason to give it up. So we're, we can't just check off those boxes. Yeah. Uh, uh, something else that we could do is maybe find an elderly neighbor or somebody that needs help, you know, or, or serve, a way to, to alms give, but with service, yeah, right, and a exactly. way to give ourselves. So look for an elderly neighbor, maybe that their, their grass is, is, you know, unkept or something, or, or even somebody that you don't know. Here's a challenge that I give to teens all the time. Is there a kid at your school who's sitting there having lunch by themselves? Go sit with them. Invite them to your table. Maybe they're kind of strange. You're probably pretty strange, too. <laughs> Go have lunch with this person, right? We're all strange in our own way. But this person really might need that one person that they're waiting for a friend to come up and, and you never know, you know, the, the state of mind that somebody is in. So really reach out to somebody this Lent, make a new friend. Yeah. That's a, a really hard and, thing for a lot of kids to do. And that falls under almsgiving. You're giving of your time and you don't have to always give uh, money. Uh, giving of your time is part of the almsgiving aspect of it. And also you mentioned something at the very beginning, devotional. Silence, boy, giving up talking and and just noise and and give yourself at least an hour or 30 minutes of silence every day. That's beautiful as well. I think my wife would enjoy that if I did that. That would be something that I would do as like a giving of myself for her is just to be quiet once in a while. Give up speaking for Lent. Yes, Alex. You know, that, that's a, God, that, for hey, that is difficult to do being Italian. You and I both know that, uh, right? Yeah, you know, I still talk with my hands, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> hey, you, you speaking of wife, you know what my wife is going to do? She's going to get rid of 40 things over the 40-day period. Oh, wow. She wow, is wow. in That's a great the. Idea. She is going to declutter. She said, "We'll see what that entails." Uh, but uh, <laughs> Damien may be out on the street. I might be the first thing she gets rid of. Alan, I may be coming to Florida next you better, week. You better uh, handcuff yourself to the refrigerator. Yeah. <laughs> but but I thought that was a good idea too. So it, it you can get real creative uh, when it comes to Lent and and make it a form of prayer all at the same time. That's the beauty. Yeah, doing doing a devotional is something that I I just I am not the, the devotional kind of guy. Like I'm not a journaling kind of person, mm-hmm. but it really is a strong way for a lot of teens that like to write or that like to journal. That's another great way, you know, just to kind of journal your your Lenten mm-hmm. journey and how did you feel today? How did you how did you move closer to God? Maybe you didn't have a day where you moved closer to God and you struggled, but going back and reading through that kind of stuff really helps. Kind of you know just kind of 
informs us a little bit better. Yeah. And Lent, uh, I think parents need to realize, Lent should be a, 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 a season of bonding not only with your teen through prayer or alms, almsgiving or fasting, uh, but also for family. You know, as a parent, this is a perfect opportunity for you to grow closer to your teen, your young child. Break them in and show them the beauty of what Lent is all about, and that's growing closer to Christ. Amen. Okay. Well, Alan, if people want to learn more about you as well as all your activities, where do they go? Yeah, check out AdventureCatholic.com. You can email me there. You can see the books that we offer, hear the news that we're, that we're doing, you know, different talks that we're doing. So, Or invite us to come talk at your parish, AdventureCatholic.com. There you go. Okay. Alan, thank you as always. God bless you. You're in our prayers. Keep us in yours. Thank you, guys. God bless you. All righty. Dr. Helen Hoffner is coming up next on Wake Up. Stick around. It is 48 past the hour. You are tuning your heart to the truth. I'm Gabby Smith, along with Damien Colado and David Dawson. Well, maybe every time you drink that little sip of cappuccino in the cute little cup, or when you see Tua Tagovailoa throw a Hail Mary at a playoff game, I say that because I wish they were. Um, you, you may think of Dr. Helen Hoffner's new book, Catholicism Everywhere, From Hail Mary Passes to Cappuccinos, How the Catholic Faith is Infused in Culture. Dr. Hoffner, thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, it's wonderful to be with you. And it's funny you, you think about the coffee and such. Ever since I've been researching the book, little things like that come to mind. We're all day long, I think, of Catholic connection to all the activities that we do. <laughs> Yes, it's everywhere, right? And sometimes when we think about our culture and it kind of bogs us down, especially on social media, we tend to kind of lose that um, sight that our faith is infused within our culture. And it has been for years, for centuries. So mm -hmm. take us through your book and the little things that we can find in our everyday life. Well, I like to think of the book as the connections you have all day long. So as you said, when you get up in the morning and have your first sip of coffee, it was actually back in the 16th century that world leaders were pressuring Pope Clement VIII to ban coffee. They thought it was addictive. Oh. And Pope Clement tried it and said no, and actually issued an edict that coffee was an acceptable drink for Christians. Oh, thank God. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> thank goodness. Yes. Thank you so much for that. <laughs> well, that's amazing. Well, and, and, and not just coffee. And of course, we think of Mystic Monk coffee, and there's different other types of coffee that have that Catholicism mm -hmm. uh, infused in it as well. And now we know, but there's different things like weather and gardening. Can you tell us about that? I, I actually wasn't familiar with it. Mm -mm. Sure. So we're talking about your, your all day long. Even we're speaking on the radio right now. And everyone in, in the history books gives credit to Marconi for developing radio. But there was actually a priest from my home state of Pennsylvania, Father Joseph Marcus, who he looked at the early work Marconi was doing and thought there might be a better idea. And Father Marcus actually developed 17 patents for the radio, gave his patents to Marconi. So Marconi traveled from Italy to Pennsylvania to consult with Father Marcus. And actually the radio we have now is the work of Father Marcus, a Catholic priest. Oh, wow. That's amazing. That That's is really that cool. is incredible. I wonder why. Uh, I'm I'm sorry, Doctor Hoffner. This is David uh, uh, jumping in here because you know we're all about radio here. So that that's kind of exciting. But uh, I wonder why we hadn't heard that. 
you know, Father Marcus was a very humble person, and he actually said he gave his patents to Marconi because he thought that he may not have many more years to live, and he wanted everybody to go on, and he gave it to him free of charge. So I think it was Father Marcus' humility that kept his name from being up there in the history books. I'll be. Wow. Interesting. Yeah. Okay, so uh, we kind of teased it a little bit earlier, but it's also in the title of your book, Those Hail Mary Passes. Can you kind of tell us the history of behind those really cringy, nail-biting, edge-of-your-seat passes? <laughs> sure, and that was Roger Stolbeck, 1975. He, he just wanted to win the game. When he said after the whole event, he said, really, he was just praying to win the game. He just had to do something to help his teammates win the game. So he said a Hail Mary. And the, the pass worked. Later on, he said it could have been the Our Father pass. It could have been the Glory B pass. He just happened to say a Hail Mary. And it got named the Hail Mary that. pass. Very cool. Well, it sounds like you guys knew that. I didn't know that. But that's really cool. <laughs> Think about that. How did you go about finding these different things in our everyday life and, and putting them into a book? Years ago, my mother and I wrote a book called The Rosary Collector's Guide that explained variations of the rosary that are approved by the Catholic Church. And when we would go around churches and shrines and colleges showing the rosary collection, we would hear stories, and I would get all these little tidbits, like the bit about the Pope and coffee and mm-hmm. Hail Mary Pass, and they just seemed so interesting. So I was collecting more and more almost Catholic trivia, but Catholic kind of fun notes, and just thought, people have to know, for one thing, the connection to prayer throughout your entire day. And then another reason is, let's celebrate priests like Father Marcus, who invented radio. And the funny thing about him, he also invented the reel on the fishing rod. Oh, oh, another favorite of mine. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is cool, sure. too. You talk, you talk about different games, too. Chess, Monopoly, Bingo. What's the connection with our faith there? Monopoly is a fun one because there was a time when... There actually were brothers named the Parker Brothers, and they had the idea for the Monopoly game, and they were doing reasonably well, but then they couldn't produce the games quickly enough, and they wanted to have their factory open 24-7, but in those days, around the late 1800s, people were much more serious about keeping the Sabbath and not working on the Sabbath, so he actually went to the Archdiocese of Boston and spoke to bishops and said, you know... Couldn't you encourage people to work on Sundays? It would be good for their families. They'd have more money to give to their churches. So the bishops wrote a note saying that it would be okay for the people there to work in the Monopoly factory and it'd be good for the whole community. And if that hadn't happened, Monopoly might not be the big hit that it is today. Hmm. Interesting. Hmm. Helen, hmm. this is Damien. What was the most surprising discovery uh, that you found when it came to a Catholic creating something? I think the one that surprised me, and I think is, is fabulous, is the Mayo Clinic. Hmm, really? We always hear really? about the wonderful things that go on at the Mayo Clinic. Mm-hmm. Way back, there was a hurricane in the, uh, about the, oh, I think it was about 1812. And, yeah, okay, 1883, there was a hurricane in Rochester, Minnesota. And the mayor of the town at that time was actually Dr. Mayo. He was, he was the mayor of the town, but he was also a medical doctor. So when the hurricane struck, he wanted a place to treat the injured. And he needed a really big building. Biggest building in town was a convent. So he went to Mother Moe's and asked if he could bring the injured into that building and treat them all in one place. So they did. And many of the nuns helped with the taking care of the injured. 
And after the crisis was over, Mother Mose thought, you know, there is absolutely no hospital near here. And if anything ever happens again, what would we do? So Mother Mose went back to Dr. Mayo and said, you know, we got through this crisis, but if a tornado ever struck again, we need something. And Mother Mose said to Dr. Mayo, our order, the Sisters of St. Francis, will put up the money for a hospital if you will help us get doctors to staff it. Wow. Hmm. Wow. That is beautiful. Mayo Clinic. Well, <laughs> Mayo Clinic. This and so many other fun facts can be found in Dr. Helen Hoffner's book, Catholicism Everywhere from Hail Mary Passes to Cappuccinos, How the Catholic Faith is Infused in Culture. Dr. Hoffner, where can our listeners and viewers pick up their copy? The easiest place is Sophia Institute Press. It's going to be released February 20th. So if they go to the Perfect. website for Sophia Institute, that would be great. All right. Yeah, great okay. Valentine's gift so or uh, book for Lent. That's all fun. All in yeah. one. Yeah. A fun book. Thank you so much for being with us today. Oh, thank you. My pleasure. Very cool. See, I knew there was something sacred know. about fishing. Fishing reel? Yes. Yeah. Of there you course. Go. Hey. How, what do you mean? Christ, coffee. Christ apostles were, yeah. were fishermen. There you go. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> okay. Well, today being the feast day of St. Agatha, we'll keep her in mind throughout the day and wrap up the show with a prayer for her. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. St. Agatha, you found favor with God by your chastity and by your courage in suffering death for the gospel. Teach us how to suffer with cheerfulness, uniting ourselves to Christ crucified with the simplicity and purity of heart. Amen. Amen. In the name Amen. of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us today. We'll catch you back here tomorrow at 7 a.m. Central Time with Brian Butler, Executive Director of the Echo Community. They have an engaged couples uh, event coming up, a retreat. Dr. Ansel Augustine with the Archdiocese of New Orleans Office of Black Catholics will tell us about the wonderful events taking place this February and some prominent black Catholics in the New Orleans area. Michael Acaldo, Executive Director of St. Vincent de Paul, joins us. And Jane Valoy, Catholic author, will talk about his new book, Our, Lady, Our Lady's Prophecies. Thank you so much to Jeff Blackwell, our audio director, and Karen Cotton, our video technical director, for a wonderful show today. Have a wonderful Monday. God bless. Wake Up is a production of Catholic Community Media.